So welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. For me, it's Easter week and for a bunch of folks I know. And one of the songs that just keeps coming to me over and over again this week is The Same Power That Rose Jesus From the Dead Is In You. And I've just, that just keeps hitting me, especially in this time of of the virus when there's a whole lot to look around at and get anxious about or worried about or depressed about or afraid of. And so I need to remind me that there's a power in me that is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. But I know as I speak just about my Christian faith that that could leave a lot of people out. And I think it's a truth that that includes a whole lot of other people. Like if if I was celebrating Passover this week, as many of our Jewish friends are, they too could say the same power that freed the Israelite slaves from the mighty nation of Egypt and led them through the Red Sea and and through the desert and into the promised land. That same power is with them as a people, as as a person now. Um, It dwells with them and still leads and protects and inspires and encourages. And if, if you're not either Jewish or Christian, but you love the springtime, there's that old shaker hymn that says, in a bulb there is a flower, in a seed an apple tree. And, and I think that's the same message the same powers that within us at the very core of our being is a power to help us deal with whatever life sends our way. And that's a great platitude when everything is going well, but in times when we're afraid or anxious or worried or scared, that's no less true, even though our surroundings try to tell us it's, it's not true. It's no less true that within us, within us is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, that, that freed the, the Israelite slaves, that makes an apple tree grow from a seed that brings hope in the in and strength and and peace and courage in the midst of even the toughest situations yeah um what you're talking about really reminds me of the class i'm taking this quarter i'm lucky because my uh, master's program is a distance learning program from Colorado. And so nice. everything is going smoothly with that. Um, so it's really nice to be engaged and kept busy in that area. While I'm and home. you guys are used to this distant learning. Exactly, which is how right. I was able to give you that Zoom lesson a couple weeks ago. Awesome. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so my course this, this quarter is on mind-body connection, and it's taught by an MD who was a proponent of um, acupuncture and Eastern medicines early on in America, like in the 60s and 70s, when it was still a real new thing for the Western world. And so the class is all about mind-body connection. And, and this week, he was guiding us through a guided imagery. And he started it by saying, you know, like, just sit comfortably and just observe your body and consider on a scale from one to 10, how tense your body is right now, how much stress you're holding in your body right now. And it's funny because I actually didn't feel that stress. Um, but when I really paid attention to my body, there was tension in so many areas in my shoulders, in my back, my breathing was pretty shallow. Um, and I realized I actually was holding a lot of tension in my body. Then he guided us through that imagery and, you know, at the end then asked us to reassess and to really see how just doing a simple 15 minute, even five minute um, meditation or time or reflection or short prayer time can really help you to find ease and relaxation in your body and, and in your mind. And he was explaining to us how our mind and body actually want to be in a place of ease and relaxation. That's yeah. the natural state that they actually really flourish in. But because yeah. there's so much stress in our lives, um, that doesn't often happen. And so he was saying, you know, what he recommends to his patients, he, he works with um, patients with chronic illnesses who are trying to use that mind-body connection to relieve themselves of the symptoms and ultimately the illness itself. And he was saying that he, what he recommends to those patients is that they really create a daily practice that helps get their mind, body, and spirit into a place of ease and relaxation. And that mm. sometimes it might not feel like your body needs it that day. Sometimes it might not feel like your mind needs it, but that doing that daily practice is like working a muscle, which then helps you in times of great distress and pain and tension to find that place of ease more easily. Um, right. And it, it made me think of so many things. Obviously, it seems very relevant in this time of coronavirus, because I think all of us have kind of this low level or maybe high level, depending on your current situation of stress. Um, I am lucky enough that I'm not experiencing um, any major health or financial downfalls at this moment. And then the the people in my close circles are all safe and healthy right now. Um, so I'm experiencing a real kind of constant murmur of low level stress, but I can really feel it impacting my mind and my body. And it made me think of Jesus and how so many instances in the scriptures, we find that Jesus is under high levels and low levels of stress, but he doesn't, react to them he's just chill like he stays at ease he stays in a place of relaxation i mean the first example that popped in my mind was when he's on the boat in the storm and like the storm is just like thrashing the boat and yeah. it's the disciples he's with right right and they're and they're even though they're fishermen they're scared to death right and they that's go to, how big the storm is yeah and they go to find jesus and he's asleep like, yeah that's how relaxed he is. He's actually in a yeah. place of sleep. And then when they try to wake him, he's just like, chill out, right? Like, there's like, let's not freak out here. And then obviously, 
I mean, this is Holy Week, but like the greatest example is when he's actually like taken and killed, you know? I mean, from every moment from that time from when the soldier or when Peter cuts off the soldier's ear and Jesus responds in like a a calm and controlled way. I mean, if someone walked up to me and like cut off the person next to me's ear, I would like freak out, you know? (laughs) Or, you know, the whole thing, like, like the dragging the cross, you know, like all the stations of the cross, like as he makes his way, like, I mean, with Pilate, it's just in all the representations I've seen of Christ at that time, you know, he just remains level-headed to an extent that is almost bewildering and confusing to those around him, the disciples and the like people against him, you know, Pilate basically throws his hands up. Right. Like, right. Right. Yeah. And we, there are two times during the Holy week celebration that Jesus does seem to be stressed. Um, One is when he goes to the temple to pray and he finds all the buyers and sellers and cheaters in the temple, not praying, but making a buck. And he does turn the tables over and, and chase the people out and, and is, is stressed that it's not, that the temple is not being a place of prayer. Yeah. You know, so he does have that, but you know, and, and, and is that a personal, a personal reaction to stress or was that a, a righteous act of cleaning, cleaning a place so that people could pray, Right. you know? Um, and then we get to the garden right before the ear is cut off and we see Jesus while all his disciples are sleeping because that is also a reaction to stress. Um, you know, it's funny how it's both, right? Um, but but they fall asleep and they don't see him in spiritual agony, doing the real hard spiritual work of saying to God, I don't really want to do this. I would rather do anything else. Yeah. But if this is your answer, I will take it on. Yeah. yeah. And and it's there's so much stress in that moment as he's doing his spiritual work that it says he sweat blood. Wow. He sweat blood. You know, that's that's the internal work that we sometimes miss. Right. You know, right. that brings peace on the outside. Yeah, it's funny because my professor actually said that one of his patients who he had worked with for a long time came in with like a new illness after they had basically helped her really <laughs> release the um, old one. And yep. He, she came in like upset and he was like, what's going on? And she was like, yeah, it's just an AFOG. And he was like, a what? And she said, another effing opportunity for growth. (laughs) 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 And so when you say he sweat blood by like going through it, that 
that's what it makes me think of. Like that was so true, right? He saw that as an opportunity, or maybe he didn't, but I could imagine him seeing it as an opportunity yeah. for growth. You know, right, right. God was giving him this opportunity, right. and obviously giving all of us the opportunity by seeing him. Right. Um, but right. yeah, so I think what I'm wondering is, and I mean, I kind of have an idea, but like if Jesus was able to stay that relaxed through what could be argued the worst week of his life, you know, right. like, are we able to tap into that same feeling of ease in this challenging time for all of us, whether it's acute heightened senses of stress because your business is failing or your loved one is is in is ill or dying or whether it's a low level of stress like what i'm experiencing which is just kind of this very bothersome murmur and buzz of difficulty every day like is that did jesus have that because he was unique or is that something we can tap into and i think my professor would definitely argue that's something we can tap into yeah and his prescription would be daily regular spiritual practice even if it's only for five minutes you know and i think the way you started this like with that song you know the same power that rose jesus from the grave lives in us i would assume that the christian theology and your perspective would be yeah just wasn't just jesus didn't just come as a exception he came as an example right and not just an example he came to bring us life and i think that's what it means he came to give us what he had. Yeah. Not that I'm by any means divine, right. but I am loved by the divine. Mm-hmm. And and the divine is committed to me. Yeah. I guess I think of King David long before um, long before Jesus was a person on this earth. Yeah. Um you know, and long before David was king, he was 14 to 17, somewhere around there, maybe. And he went to fight Goliath because nobody else would stand up to the stressor. You know, Goliath was was insulting God, was insulting the army, was insulting Israel. And David said, somebody has to stand up to him. And David went out with just his slingshot because the armor was too big for him to wear. And he went out with a slingshot and stood against this nine foot six monster, fully armored with a spear bigger than David um, and a shield bigger than David. And David said to him, you may come with your spear and your shield and your strength, but I come in the name of the Lord. And that to me is what I believe is available to all of us. I believe the divine loves each and every one of us and is for us, not against us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me think of that other popular Christian song right now, which is like, um, it may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Have you heard that song? No, I'm going to have to look that one up. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I mean, if you're into Christian contemporary music, which I am, <laughs> it goes like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
And it just makes me like weep every time, you know, because it is like that. Like it looked like David was surrounded, right? Like from a normal mortal material eye, it would look like David was surrounded by the enemy, but actually he was surrounded by the Lord. Right, right. Well, that and that may have come from the inspiration of the story with Elisha and his servant. They woke up one day and they were surrounded by their enemy. And the servant said, what are we going to do? And the prophet simply said, those who are with us are greater than those who are against us. And he said, open your eyes. And he saw the, the armies of heaven, the angels. Yeah. Um, and, and they ended up, God blinded the enemy army. Um, they led them to their stronghold. And then God opened their eyes when they were surrounded in their stronghold by, by the nation of Israel. And instead of slaughtering them, the prophet said, let's sit down and eat. Yeah. And that's like my favorite war story in the the scriptures because (laughs) because they made they made communion out of aggression yeah you know yeah but it was that idea that those who are with us are stronger than those who are against us yeah 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 and that if i mean whenever i hear that you know like like something like that like are you surrounded by the enemy or actually god is coming in i never feel that like I think I get this from you, but I don't feel like it's like us versus them. Like God's going to protect us and harm the enemy, but more like that, like there is nothing but God in my mind. So it's not that like God's going to protect me from the enemy. It's that like, I'm misunderstanding them to be my enemy. They're not even my enemy, you know? And I think, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard uh, it's a hard truth to to sell, you know, like right. But, especially when they're standing there with with weapons coming against you. Yeah, or especially if yeah. it's a virus that's killing a loved one, you know. Right. How can that be right. God? But right. it, that's my spiritual and theological struggle. That if I truly believe there is nothing but God, then everything must be yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I guess one of the things, I think it was Catherine Marshall, because I was reading her when I was doing some really serious spiritual change. But she talked about the medical community, which seems very appropriate right now. Um, And she said that in fighting a sickness, in fighting a disease, in fighting you know, an injury, um, she said the, the medical community will, will try something and then say, oh, the patient had a bad reaction to that. Uh-huh. But she said if it's positive, they will say they've responded well to the medicine or to the therapy. And I like those two terms. Because I know that I'm a pretty reactionary kind of person. Mm-hmm. And when I react to what's going on around me, especially stressors, it usually comes out in anger, 
or self-protection or or trying to stop it at all costs. And when I'm letting God dwell in me and shine through me, I respond to not only my needs and my health, but the needs and health of the people around me. And so what I like to do is present myself so that God can make a good response yep. yes. rather than have me react. Yes, totally. You know? Yeah, making sure that we do this regular practice, even if all it is, is a five-minute walk in the sun. Like Even if that's the extent of what you are capable of right now. That like that is going to help you come to more of a place of ease, so that then when those things flare up, you might not flare up in anger, but you might. Right. You might just have frustration in yourself, but not express it, or you might be able to actually say, "Wow, that's really hard that you said that to me," <laughs> you know, something like right. that. Right. Um, which I think when we're all kind of stuck inside these little cocoons right now is really helpful if there's a little bit of extra space. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned, and actually I was thinking when my professor was leading me through the imagery, I do meditation every day and it's a really big part of my life now, but outside of like meditation at the end of a yoga class, which is usually pretty basic in just a normal yoga studio, I think the yeah. first time I ever practiced guided imagery was with you at youth group. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Um that you like led our youth group through like a guided imagery and yeah. it was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. We had three or four, but the one I'm thinking of is I, I just did normal relaxation at first, just had people get comfortable and breathe in and breathe out and, and do the, find the places in your body that are tense right now and breathe into those places. And then as you breathe out, release that tension. And we just did relaxation all the way down your body until until it was just, um, you were in that, that, that place of, I don't know whether my body is so heavy I can't get up or whether I'm floating, mm-hmm. you know? And at that moment, that's when I introduced the idea that there in the middle of your heart was this little lantern. And and it should be lit and try to find that light. Um, and as people did, I then said, and there's that little, little circle on the outside of the lantern that if you turn, the lantern will get will glow bigger. And so turn it up a little and let it, let it glow so that your heart is lit up. And then we turned it up a little more so that their chest was lit up. And then we did it more so that their arms were aglow and then their torso and then their legs and then their head until they were, were just laying there as a shining light. Um, and and then I just let them be there in that moment and said, whether you turn that down so that it's just burning in your heart 
or whether you want to leave here in that glowing, glowing, shining self, know that it's there. And when things are tough, that you can turn it up. Um, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, honestly, even just hearing you say it now, I already <laughs> feel more relaxed. And I didn't even really go through the visualization, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I, I would really, I mean, I'm recommending it to myself, but I would really recommend it to anybody to yeah. try it, especially, I mean, especially during this time. Like, right. there's no better time to watch the effects that a little bit of meditation will have on your life, you know? Right. And you can easily, you can just YouTube guided visualization or guided meditation and, um, even, I mean, if you're Christian or you have a specific theological inkling, you can type in that word too, and it will bring you something that's relevant for right. your faith, right. or you can easily find any that are very secular. Um, right. and yeah, I just think it's, right. it's been, it's been a real saving grace in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's when I do that, I'm ready to respond positively in this world yeah when i don't do it and i get caught by surprise i react yes and there's been probably three times in my life where my quick reactions in an emergency situation have been applaudable uh-huh. you know they were a good thing mm-hmm. i can list a thousand of times where I said the wrong thing <laughs> yeah. or did the wrong thing or hurt someone that I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to hurt, yeah. you know? So I'd much rather have a practice that helps me be ready to respond. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think Jesus showed us. Yeah. 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 So this week, take Amy's suggestion and Google, um, because you can't even get to the library to find a book. (laughs) Google, Google just simple meditations and, and find one that helps you find the seed that wants to grow into a tree um, or the one who is with you, for you, when everything else seems to be against you um, or that power that was sitting in Jesus as he laid in the tomb and came back to life. You know, or that that thing that Jesus went out to the desert to find in himself so that he could be a positive influence in the midst of stress. What Do whatever you can or take that meditation that I shared and just try to relax first. Find that light inside you and then turn it up. And if you still struggle, 
give Amy or I a call and and we've got some time. We'll walk you through a guided meditation. Right? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast, and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page, or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time. I'm Bob Hollis, and I'm joined by with Amy Hollis. I had just I had just muted my mic so I wouldn't make background noise while you were talking. Oh, want to do Amy it over? Amy Hollis, no, <laughs> no. All right, well, have fun with that one. You can cut that all out if you want.